What's up? Welcome to the My Friends Are Cool podcast. My name is Alec, and I feel like I have some pretty cool friends in my life. And I want to share as many of them with the podcast world as I can. So each episode is going to have a different friend of mine on talking about the coolest thing in my life, themselves. So let's go ahead and get into this episode. What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of My Friends Are Cool, where I, Alec, take the time and uh, interview some of my friends in my life that I think are pretty awesome. Um, last week, we had Kevin on, um, and Kevin and I met at Crossings, and there is one man that I met at Crossings as well that I think, honestly, is probably the coolest boss I've ever worked for, uh, but also one of the just the coolest people I've ever done life with, and that is none other than Seth York. Seth, how is life going, man? And life is good. Thanks for having me on. Dude, Thanks for the kind words. <laughs> Absolutely. Seth, um, I would love if you would just tell the people um, what all you do and like who you are. And, and uh, yeah, I'm going to just let you go. Like, who are you, Seth York? Yeah, that is that is the question. Who am <laughs> I? But, uh, yeah, I work, I work at Crossings. Like Alex said, I've been here at Cedarmore, um, one of our camp properties. This will be, be my 10th summer. Holy cow. Um, um, yeah, I know. It's getting old. And um, I I never even saw camp ministry like in my future, uh, let alone that I expect to have spent 10 years at one. Um, but anyway, here we are. But I've got been married for uh, 14 years. Um, here recently so had an anniversary. We've got four kids. Uh, my oldest is 10 and my youngest is two and the rest are just Others are spread out in the middle. They're, they're middle kids, you know, so they obviously get cared less about. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> middle kids will think that's funny and also not funny. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I go to Buck Run Baptist Church. That's a big part of my life, I think. And when people say who they are, I think, man, church, it makes sense. Your church will be a big part of that. So yeah. I'm a deacon there. I don't have oh, any. Oh, you got, you got into yeah. deaconship, dude? Have you always been a deacon? Uh, well, no, there was a time when I wasn't a deacon. They typically don't allow you to go straight to deacon when you join a church. <laughs> right. Were you a deacon when <laughs> I was going to Buck yeah. Run? But, you know, uh, uh, let's see. I, I've had a few runs. The way we do is, uh, I think it's two years, two years on, and then you have to have a year off. Okay. And then you get, like, elected back on or not. Gotcha. Uh, so that's the way ours runs. But gotcha. yeah, anyway, cool. That's me. Family, work, church. Yeah, um, man. I think one of the coolest things. So um, I don't know if I I said that you were my boss, but so I got to work for Seth um, two summers. Uh, would have been three, but uh, COVID decided to just kill everything yeah. in its path. Um, but in 2016 uh, and then 2019 got to serve alongside Seth and man, it was, it was a ton of fun. I mean, i my heart more goes out to you that you had to deal with me. Um, and you know, uh, particularly I, in 2016. Yeah. Gosh, man, <laughs> me like if I have said this on the show before, if you knew me in middle school and high school, I'm sorry, my college friends, you got to see a better version of me, but I feel like Seth, you saw the worst version of me in college, which was me at my just absolute brokenness like at the bottom of it um well just, you know 
everybody should feel that way about themselves. I think it's helpful. You know, anybody that doesn't, they shouldn't like look back at some version of themselves and they like cringe. Yeah. And I think that helps us be better, not worse. I've had, even recently, I've met like teachers that I, you know, that have re- resurfaced from one thing or another that I had in high school. And I, the, the overwhelming sense that I get is like, I am so <laughs> sorry, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, what a saint to, to have not just expelled me, yeah. you know, or just, anyway. Yeah, no, so I, I mean, I can resonate with what you're expressing. I, I definitely feel it. Cause I look back at like, especially summer 29 or 2016, and I'm just like, man, you should have fired me. Like I, I sucked. Like I was, I was awful. And, uh, and so no, there were, there were people way worse than you. <laughs> <laughs> I will have no comment. Um, so, um, but, uh, but yeah. And so it was just cool. But like the, the difference in 2019 was that it was in an internship capacity. So that meant I was not just there for the summer. I was in the area, um, more, I was in more in Louisville, uh, at central office as an intern there, but I got to, I had the opportunity to do life, um, with you and, and with everyone that went to buck run and, uh, man, buck run it, I, I haven't really bragged on church as much. Miss Jill and I have talked about long hollow and all that's going on there, but man, buck run taught me so much about like the value of community and like the community group that we had, the college one that you and, and JP who hopefully will be on, um, soon, uh, um, you know, you guys led it in such a great way that it was like, it's I, honestly, I, I don't think I've told you this. It's something that I've replicated here at, um, in Hendersonville, uh, with the small group that I have now we meet and, uh, we pick a sermon series to go through and break it down just like we did, uh, with our community group and our C groups at Buck Run. And, uh, man, so first off, thank you for leading that. Well, um, how is the C group doing? How, how has that been through COVID? Yeah, well, well, hey, thanks for your kind words about it, and just in full disclosure, you, you stole it from me, and I just stole it from somebody else too. So, just, <laughs> both of us are good. Just let's be good at hiding our sources. Fair and take all the credit. <laughs> and um, but uh, it's been challenging, obviously, uh, for twenty twenty. Um, you know, you get so tired of it. I've never talked more about a year than I've talked about twenty twenty. Yeah, but yeah, it was a challenge for us, and. Um, if anything, it's just given us a renewed passion and awareness of our need for community and our inability to, to, um, be together physically. Um, you know, one thing I've learned, you know, it's like, man, college students and people your age, you know, they're just not hungry for another chance to meet with somebody online. We get that, you know, there's plenty of that. There's more of that than we want. But so that FaceTime has just been super important. We're going to meet together a few times before the summer begins and things get real crazy. And then we'll be kind of relaunching in the fall. Uh, but oddly enough, our church has really grown even in, through the pandemic in that particular demographic. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, I think it just points to everybody's uh, awareness is highlighted that our need for that uh, face-to-face, uh, to know others and to be known by others, not to just interact, but to really be be vulnerable and be known. Choose vulnerability is kind of one of the phrases. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But anyway, so it's, you know, it's been tough, 
I haven't, I haven't done a fraction of what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but I think it's primed us, uh, to really be able to have some great opportunities going forward. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, you, you, we, man, I just, I, I don't, I was trying to figure out a good way to like segue into this question. So we're just going to make a hard transition. So with yeah. all that you do, um, cause you, I feel like you, you're a man that has many talents and hobbies, um, and it, especially in like the creative side of, of things, but like, what would you say that you are like most passionate about? Cause you've got camp, you've got church, you've got your family. Um, and, and then, you know, and that doesn't even scratch the surface of like, you typically have a camera in your hand cause you, yeah. you know, just are an amazing photographer. Uh, and the, your work speaks for itself. I don't know that that's not me gassing you up. Uh, so, you know, like, what would you say you're passionate about? Um, yeah, I mean, my primary passion is certainly, um, of course, I, I hope it to be so that it would be my faith and that it would shape everything else. But, you know, that uh, some people would see I me. Mean, I, I do love my, uh, you know, being a dad is one of the great things. And I think really my, my passion for photography would, you know, kind of stem around that that's what i'm able to capture most of all it ends up being the stuff that we go and do the places that we go and enjoy together and just um capturing my perspective and and the fun things of being a kid um you know so yeah the excited about that i mean that's another kind of random opportunity i've had at church is even this sunday night i'll be speaking to the kids at buck run oh wow um you know which i've done we've we've had these like family services on sunday nights at buck run so getting to talk to talking to the kids with their parents um anyway that's been kind of exciting thing had this had a short stint with a kids podcast that i hope to resurrect and um but i guess tech you know cameras family and all of that uh where that all intersects i guess ends up being what i get really excited about yeah for sure uh what was the what's the name of your podcast um you, you said you, you brought it up and so uh just in case there are people listening they're like ah, a kid friendly podcast or podcast directed for kids like where could you just give a brief overview and like where what yeah. the name of it is and everything yeah, for, it's like many of the things began in my life. It was, it's, it was it's the same thing of how our the community group that we referenced earlier, you know, JP and I were saying, man, Buck Run really should have a community group for college students. And it was like, man, who would be good at that? And I was like, well, gosh, should we do that? Yeah. And then you kind of just say, well, we'll start and see what happens. And the same thing with this podcast. And I was my kids love podcasts. They go to bed most nights listening to some podcasts. And I was thinking, man, there really should be a good kid centric podcast. That's not cheesy. That's not, not too dumbed down or just for like babies. Right. And, um, you know, and so we wanted to make something Now my, my taste is far better than my abilities. If that makes (laughs) sense. I think anybody creative, you know, there's this gap between what you can do and then, what you actually like right but anyway uh but it's called from the beginning is that my daughter and i you know we're talking about like man we're let's do bible stories and make them compelling interesting sound good well where should we begin and she used to say well let's let's just start from the beginning 
And so that's what we just started in Genesis with story creation and uh, working our way through and, and trying to give this, the stories of scripture um, and help apply them. And from a, from a kid's perspective, I tell the story and have my kids on and kind of process what they're hearing, what they heard, what questions that they have, what questions does this bring up? And, um, and then answer those from a biblical perspective for a, kids that are from five to 10 years old, yeah. you know, it's like, why does this matter to you in your life right now? Yeah. Uh, but it's been a fun journey. Um, but anyway, that's what it is. That's awesome. And is it on like Spotify and Apple podcasts and all that? Yeah. Good yeah, stuff. All this stuff. Yeah. Well, y'all should definitely check it out. It's called from the beginning. Yep. From the beginning. And that's awesome. I'm um, one thing. One thing that like always has blown my mind about like your kids is how I feel like they think on a level way deeper than I ever will. Cause like when we would, when we would just be sitting in like the offices uh, working on stuff and you'd walk in after lunch and be like, you know, still ask this question. And it's like, what kind of, how, where my mind would never get to that point. Like I, I, am I just stupid or are these children just amazingly intelligent? Because like, it just, I don't know. It was, it was just cool to also get to kind of be in the behind the scenes of the start of that. Um, but also I think that speaks well to like you guys in the camp world, um, kind of transitioning to a moment to talk about camp where, um, you know, you like, there would just be moments where we would sit there, um, and, you know, be like, well, we've got this problem, this, this kind of not problem, but like this thing that we need to work on and like just watching, you, Renee, JP, just like y'all spit out these ideas and just like, I, I was, it was always cool to see like your problem solver come out. Um, and like, cause it was just like that of like, well, what about this? And what about this? And it was like, we're just going to throw a bunch of ideas at the wall and see what sticks. And some of the great things about camp have come out about that. Um, but you know, Seth, like I can, and I already have a couple times on the show, but like, I would love for you to take a moment and just talk about why if you stay somewhere for 10 years, you yeah. must like it um, at least a little bit, or right. you're just a super headstrong guy, um, which both are true, I feel like. And so, um, you know, what, what about crossings and, you know, camp and everything like, do you just love and like, has you coming back for more? Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a unique uh, journey and you know again there there have been times i wanted to leave and i couldn't find anywhere to go right you know? i was like i would go home and just be like oh my gosh this is awful you know i'm talking to my wife and just like i just can't do this anymore and we had we had heard some missionary friends say this and uh and this is helpful and you know so file this away but, you know, we had just decided we were never going to leave on a bad day. Mm. So just having a bad day isn't a problem, you know. So let's let's have a good day. And if we still feel like this is, you know, we need to leave, uh, then, then, then that makes a lot more sense. Um, you know, so we just kind of just decided there for a season that we weren't going to leave on a bad day. Mm. And then, and then we never had a good day for like three years. You know? <laughs> it was like, we were kind of helping each other process this. We we're like, okay, we said not leave on a bad day. You know, is it going to ever come that's not <laughs> a bad day? And, uh, but, you know, you look back on that, those were really 
formative years. Yeah. And I think about what how the Lord used those times, that he used them a lot more significantly and use it to drill things more deeply in me than, than when it's good and easy and feel comes naturally. Mm. And, um, you know, certainly for this upcoming generation, um, man, we, we just, you know, don't see problems as like bad, you know, they, they really are. It's okay when it doesn't feel good or doesn't seem right. Cause that, I mean, that's precisely when the Lord is using that. But anyway, this, so it's 10 years. I mean, it's been ups and downs and hard and easy at times, uh, but always challenge. Um, but the variety of what you get to do at camp is the most appealing thing to me. And JP, who we both mentioned a couple of times, I mean, we, he and I were talking the other day. It's like, if there is something at, at a moment I don't feel like doing, I can almost always justify doing some other thing here. Yeah. You know, I'm not stuck in behind my computer like every day. Right. As like, I need to go work on the ziplines today. I don't feel like doing computer work and everybody's cool with that, you know, yeah. <laughs> or, or I, I just need a minute on a mower to clear my head. I can do that. Or I want to go grab everybody on my team and say, let's sit around the table for real quick and brainstorm about this, which it is a, my number one favorite thing that I get to do in my job is problem solve, you know, yeah. creative thinking stuff, but getting to do, I'm not having to do just one thing every day is what uh, keeps me coming back for more Yeah, and, able, and makes this sustainable for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I think one thing that you said that I think would be really cool, um, and I think probably helpful for people to just hear like, man, like, so, you know, last year, March rolls around and like, I remember pretty clearly like, you know, things are going good. We've got, you know, we had just come off of our retreat weekends that we'd had called navigate and uh, retreat season at um, Cedarmore was, you know, spring retreat season was picking up and things were going well and all that. And it was like, okay, COVID yeah, it's overseas and everything. It's like, Oh, it's hit America. Like, Maybe it'll just stay in the cities. It'll just stay in New York or whatever. And then it just slowly creeped its way down. Um, And so, you know, this time last year, um, I guess this time last year we would have been getting ready for work month, but I was, I I think also the remain remain initiative was wrapping up and and everything. But, you know, it was like, I I guess I just want to like open you up to kind of talk about the disappointment that COVID kind of caused. I don't know if disappointment's the right word, but it's like, you spend, you know, July 2019 hits and it's like, okay, camp hasn't ended yet, but we still have to be thinking for 2020. And so yeah. you start planning for 2020 while 20 summer 19, 20, summer 2019 is still going. And then it's like March hits. It's like, all right, we've got to scrap all this and come up with a new plan that when COVID ends in May, like we all knew it would, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and so it's like, we got to scrap this new plan. And then, so May comes around, it's like, okay, well now we can't do anything. And so it's like work month hits. It's like, all right, now we've got a new, so, you know, in a sense, I think if I count correctly, there was a new camp planned four times last summer. At least. least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, frankly, that's what kept, um, that's what, you know, I see God's goodness and providence and, and care for me in that. 
you know, if, if somebody had told me, hey, you're going to need to make four plans for camp and exhaust every last bit of energy that you have, and uh, spoiler alert, we're not going to do any of them. Yeah. Right? I would say, I'm, I quit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Uh, but what happened was it was like, all right, we can't do this. So what can we do? And right. then and then we got to pour our energy into new things, and um, it kept us not busy just for the sake of being busy, but it was like it still added meaning to like our, our time and our days, and we were still learning and growing and exercising our minds. Yeah, and um, you know, because if if in March, if everything had genuinely just been canceled in March that would have been really tough. Oh yeah. You know, but it honestly being able to like have the carrot of maybe we can do this thing and then working alongside of people that would literally do anything they could to make it happen. That really was helpful. Yeah. Uh, and then even when it was like, all right, well, you know, when, when, you know, we had a furlough, the majority of our team out here, um, you know, that, that was tough, but you know, we, we still had, there was still like something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, so I think thankfully, you know, there was a great disappointment, but the, the rug was never like pulled out from under us at like one time. It was always, it was incremental. Yeah. And Lord knew that we're like, um, that's what we needed. And I think for the believer, I mean, that, that was kind of the theme of 2020. It was awful. It was horrible. And looking back, it was even worse than it felt like. Yeah. Um, but, you know, God was in control, caring uh, the whole time and, yeah. and redeeming it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, I like COVID was one of those things where like, if anything, in a weird way, it drew me closer to the Lord, but not because of this like super spiritual moment, but it was just like, man, if COVID does kill me, like I'm ready to go. Like I, I know that I know where I'm going. And like, it was like this, almost like the coming to terms with my mortality, which I don't know if anyone else can resonate with that, but it was just more of like, man, I say that to say, I couldn't imagine going through COVID without, you know, Jesus as my Lord and savior and like the Lord directing me where to go um, and everything. And so, um, yeah. But as you did, you got sense of just seeing him redeeming this thing. It's like, you know, oh. I've mentioned I've been here 10 years. Well, that means I haven't had a summer vacation in a decade. Right. right? Which I'm not complaining about. But, you know, but, but to be able to go somewhere with my family, it was like, man, the Lord used that little thing to redeem that time for us. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize how exhausted I was. Yeah. You know, and he gave me a free pass. Yeah. This past year, yeah. you know, be, be with my wife, my kids and the, to be refreshed and rejuvenated that I didn't even know to ask for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I remember now that you say that, I remember like as work month was ending, which, uh, was, you know, at towards the end of June. And that's when all of us interns found out like, Hey, like we aren't going to see you through July because, there's no real need. Like if we're not having camp. Then like that was your main purpose for this time. It's like, all right, makes perfect sense. Like we got to go. Um, and we all kind of knew it was going to happen anyways, but you know, it's like, so what are you full timers going to do? And it was like, man, we, we may just go on vacation. We've not gotten that. And it was like, holy crap. Like that's not a sacrifice I would have ever thought about, uh, right. that like you guys didn't get to do. Um, 
And so, you know, you, you say that like... It did get a greater sense of what the zombie apocalypse would be like when it's like the middle of July and you're oh. walking around property and there's nobody else here. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was wild. Yeah, no, even like, cause if I remember correctly, work month, no, I think work month started around the same time training would have anyways. But I remember there was just a point where it was like, there should be people here and there's not. And that's eerie. Eerie. Um, eerie. You know, yeah. And so, uh, but, you know, and so you, and it seems clear uh, if, to you and if it doesn't, like camp is happening this summer. Um, and so, yeah. you know, as it always is, like Seth, I would love to give you the opportunity just to speak to like the biggest need that y'all have right now as far as getting ready for the summer and why college students should, you know, consider applying. Yeah, well, we do, you know, staffing is always our biggest um, uh, biggest challenge and it's certainly you know even more so this year than other years and uh man i would say to anybody that would hear this it isn't too late you know people always ask us what's the deadline well the deadline is when we get full of staff right and that has not happened since i've been here we've always got room for more people we always do with less than um than we have uh, opportunity to hire yeah uh, so anybody wants a job you know, please call me, email me, whatever. Um, but you know, we do, uh, we do require a ton out of the people that work at camp and kind of our mantra is it's the hardest job you will ever love. And it's absolutely true. Say what? I said, it's absolutely true. Like, yeah, I I speak that for sure. Yeah. No, you can't understand, undersell the difficulty of this. Um, you know, people say, well, like, you know, what, what's expected of me every day or, you know, whatever. It's like, well, you get up at seven and you work until like 1230, <laughs> um, and at night, um, and go to bed exhausted and you do that every day for 60 days in a row. Yep. Um, you know, like, you up for that? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why we're having such trouble getting people. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, it's like you, if somebody can get excited about, um, emptying themselves for the gospel mm-hmm. you know that's what we're looking for i think you know and this is one of the things we're trying to emphasize in our efforts to care for staff is we all have this innate desire to be poured into but but what does the gospel require of us it's to be poured out mm-hmm. we're going to pour ourselves out yeah and um man you find if you find somebody if you find a young person um, or not so young person, whatever that, that has that perspective, there is literally nothing we could not do. Yeah. And, um, that's what, that's, that's who I want. And that's what I want to instill into our staff. And, you know, if, if somebody listening to this, say, I want to be poured out for the sake of the gospel. Uh, we have a home for you. Oh yeah. Um, because really ultimately I could tell you, I mean, you'll be doing some really cool stuff. Uh, you'll be doing some really not so cool stuff. Yeah. You know, it's everything from cleaning the toilet to explicitly sharing the gospel in a one-on-one conversation with the steward, with the student and everything in between from facilitating zip lines to, you know, making meals, um, whatever, jumping around the worship center, all that. But ultimately it comes down to the gospel intentionality mm. is, 
is generally all for the sake of the gospel. And that's not to say that other camps aren't about that. You know, there's no commentary on anybody else. I, I frankly don't know. Um, but that's, you know, you know, somebody be passionate about, um, and like Paul said, being poured out like a drink offering. Yeah. You know, you pour a drink on the ground, you're not getting any of it back. Yeah. You know, it's, no, um, it's done. And if, and if our posture is, that's what I want my posture to be. Um, and I'm not saying that it is that, and oftentimes it's not that, but I, that's what I want. Yeah. And, um, anyway, so yeah, student, and, and you think about the it, eternal impact that you can have for the kingdom and then, and then the light, the impact on your life that that would have, but mm. reshape how you view your vocation, your hobbies, everything. It really has its transformational uh, effect. But anyway, like I always do, I talk too much. <laughs> no, you're good. I think that's all amazingly said, you know, and uh, I mean, the... The thing that kept like as you were talking, it's like, man, the what you get from camp is so much more than the paycheck. You know, it's like, you know, like, you know, it comes down as like, man, like that's all the you know, that's a lot of work for, you know, I could if I did all that work for some secular job, I would make a bunch of money over the summer. It's like, yeah, yeah you could. But if you work at that secular company, you're not going to get like what you could get from, you know, a summer spent serving. Um, and ideally it's at crossings, but serving just in general, you know, but it's like, um, it's one of those things where like, there are still lessons that I am taking away, even as I prepare for like the next step in ministry that, uh, the Lord has opened up for me of like, man, I'm looking back at the, the, I guess two years cumulatively that I had at crossings. Um, and like going, man, like these are lessons that I learned that like, I want to take into this, you know? Um, and, and there's a lot that you learn about yourself that like, I, I learned so much about myself by just being a staffer and learned even right. more by being an intern. And so it's, it's one of those things where, you know, um, it, I could, I, there is nothing that could get me on a soapbox, fa- soapbox faster than like talking about the benefits of working at, at crossings. Um, and just, yeah. you know, and, and so it's, it's so much more like, there's the, you know, Seth only talked about like what you receive, you know, between just the job itself. But like, you didn't even bring up like the relationships that are formed with like the staff. Like I'm still getting, like, I still, I got a wedding invite this year from a guy that got married or was getting married. Um, and I worked with him at crossings and that, that was it. You know, it's like, we haven't really talked much, but it's like, like Kevin and I said, there's something about, just going through that war of a summer, that, that spiritual war of a summer with everyone that like, you just grow, it, you just grow a respect and, and a, a love for each other that you just, it's unique to the camp culture. Um, yeah. and so, and, yeah, and so, that's exactly right. And we, there is some, yeah, I mean, my, my best friend is JP, Yeah, you know, and, um, the fact that, you know, we've been in the proverbial uh, foxhole together yeah. and I've had his back and he's had mine, you know, and then when you think about your friend relationship, it's like, no, I know there's nothing this guy wouldn't do for me because I've watched him do it. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's kind of camp in a nutshell. That's like, uh, and for my, somebody from a, with gospel intentionality, you know, working together in a spiritual battle, uh, it's huge. Oh yeah. It's, 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, so, you know, to kind of transition into, you know, just another topic, like, so, you know, you've got Seth now, you know, and I know you, I know a lot, like you could go a lot of different ways with this. So I'm excited to see what you would say, but Seth, what would you tell 18 year old Seth with all the life that you've lived up to this point, the the family you've built and, and everything, what is one lesson that you could, if you could, you would go back and teach 18 year old Seth and be like, man, like, please figure this out now. So that you, you know, whatever, you know, so I'll just let you go with the question. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I think I would tell, I would say what you think is important is not even on the list. Mm. You know? Dang, and yeah. you need to, you need to reorient your priorities, but you don't have the capacity to do it by yourself. Mm. Get somebody you trust that's trustworthy from a biblical perspective from your church, you ask them what you should do and you follow it to a T. I think back at the people that tried to tell me the bridge was out and I thought, I'm going to go see for myself. (laughs) Yeah. And I fell off a bridge. Yeah. Time time again, you know, and if I had just listen, I remember my dad telling me, I get emotional because I care deeply about my dad and, and this was <laughs> regret is buried in here too. But he said, I said, I want what is best for you. If you just listen to me, you know, it's not cause I've got nothing selfish in me. It's like, I, you, you could have a good life just doing what I said, Yeah, you know? And I remember, you know, thinking I, like, yeah, we'll see, you know? And, um, you know, the, the things that uh, are your priorities at that stage in life. Um, and I'm not even, I don't intend to be critical of an 18 year old that's out there right now, but you know, none of us in our, in of ourselves have really had the capacity to, to orient our priorities in the right way. And particularly now more than ever, when there's so much garbage, you know, vying for our affection and our attention and telling us what we should value. Um, we've been discipled largely by screens. Um, we've, you know, we have all this pressure that's put on us to perform and do a different thing. And we, we want to, we want to live in a way that could be, um, seen and noticed and acknowledged as good by others. Uh, and, and most of us need, uh, somebody, a few stages of life ahead of us yeah, that can help us see outside and, and kind of cut through the noise and uh, reorient us towards what's really important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I resonate with that of just like, I mean, even like with our relationship, there are things that, you know, you were like, Hey, I think about 20, I mean, over the entire time you're like, Hey, here's this thing I see. And I was like, okay, I think I get it. And like, I, I'm like, man, I could have saved myself a lot of headache over my time at crossings. If I had just listened to what was being te- said, you know, it wasn't even like a, Hey, you suck kind of thing. It was like a, Hey, like this is just something I'm observing and I'm just trying to be helpful. It's like, man, I get it now. Like looking back, you know, hindsight's 2020, 20, but yeah. I, I resonate heavily with, with, uh, with that, that thought and that concept for sure. 
You did. I, I wasted a lot of years not listening to people that were trying to tell me. And, uh, and so much of what I've learned, I had to learn by looking back and remembering what people tried to say. Yeah. You know, and if somebody that's 18 years old right now could just go, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to trust these people and just see how it goes. Yeah. You know, it's, it won't be bad, I yeah. tell you. No, for sure. Especially if they're a believer rooted in scripture, you know, and, and rooted just like in godliness, like they're not, there's probably a very slim chance that anything that they're saying is, is coming from a malicious intent. Uh, Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, man, Seth, you take in a lot of things like you read, you read, I'm impressed with how much music you listen to, how much you read and every, like, I, I don't get how you have time to like soak up all that you do, but like what, what is one thing that you have taken in either you are taking in now or like you've taken in over the last year that you're like, man, y'all have got to like hear this, whether it's music. Um, cause I know you love Andrew bird, um, yeah. or it, the books you read or what, or TV shows you're watching, like whatever it may be, like, what would you say? Like, man, if you got one thing, you got to do this. Shoot. Um, well, Gosh, Alec. Uh, I think okay. So if if you listen to one musician, then or band, I would say listen to My Morning Jacket. Okay. Okay. Now they're they're not they don't see life from the same lens that I see life. Right. But they see a beautiful world. Yeah. <laughs> they make it make music. But honestly, it was through my morning jacket that I really found the, all uh, many of the other bands that I like. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be at the Railbird Festival. I saw that Lexington lineup. in August. So if you want to join, um, I might. But yeah, it's a, say what? I said I might just do. I saw the lineup. I was like, just, dude, that is killer. So see, that's how you find bands. So if you just follow my morning jacket, they're going to be playing. <laughs> Uh, and that's how you so so start with my morning jacket um reading man i don't know um you know i think the the book that i've recommended and i i typically fall back on this one in a christian context um i fall back on this just because i think not enough people are reading it because there's there's no shortage of people recommending books but i don't think you'll hear this one recommended that's why i go to it and and alec i think i got you on it mm. but the, the way of the dragon or the way of the lamb yes and uh, that that to me was just a real paradigm shifter yeah and and so it isn't you know i hope these guys that write it don't don't listen to this but like the opening story was awful i couldn't follow <laughs> it whatever it's like so if you start with that and you think oh my gosh it's gonna be bad like no that sucks just keep reading it'll be fine okay yeah. <laughs> you know? and um but uh, but the concept is so helpful and it's so countercultural, and i think it's what we need yeah uh, here and um so that gets revisited a lot by me and then if anybody is in you know i don't know who your audience is but if i could get 10 people out there to read the book peak uh, by a guy named Chip Conley, uh, and call me. I'll give you twenty dollars. <laughs> okay, challenges out there. Like business books, and you would would be able to implement that. It goes for you too, Alec. Okay. All right. Um, you know that that to me is is a revolutionary. Uh, that's probably overused word, but um, 
incredibly practical, helpful book on how to care for people. And uh, I think more churches should read that and implement the, the, from a Christian perspective, implement the truths there. Yeah. Uh, but those are two very nerdy recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, way, I mean, Way of the Dragon or Way of the Lamb absolutely wrecked me. Because, I mean, the entire premise is just like, what motivates you to lead? And, like, yeah. it's just, like, I think I, I think that, because um, I had texted you about Tale of Three Kings, um, and, like, both, like, even I was reading through another, Tale of Three Kings is another leadership book from a Christian perspective. But even as I was reading that, I was like, all I see is the Way of the Dragon or the Way of the Lamb. I didn't realize how much, like, that book kind of shifted my thought process until like, you know, as you were talking about it, I was sitting here thinking like, man, like, yeah, like younger me before reading that, book, it's just, yeah, y'all got to read the book. It's, it's yeah. so good. Um, and, uh, just also be prepared to be wrecked by it, especially if you are someone that feels as if they are a leader or you are getting put into, if you want to know if you're a leader and you're getting that, then you're getting put into leadership positions. And so if you're in leadership over anything, I would recommend reading the book, but be prepared oh, yeah. to be wrecked by it. Um, because it's just, it's just truth. It's just biblical truth that is, um, shown, you, you know, it just puts a light on leadership from a biblical perspective. Um, it's so, it was so good. Um, yeah. and, and it was, you know, con what convicted me in that book was like, if I, if you were to take the theological, stances of of some of these people in there i've been like oh i'd never read about i'd never read these guys yeah. or you know i wouldn't go to i saw their name on a conference i think no nah, i'm not going to that but then it just revealed to me like how skewed my view is on what's valuable yeah. and what's good and what should be reproduced and honored in our church yeah. we honor celebrity over faithfulness yeah and it and it's literally destroying these guys. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't have to watch or read much of Twitter and see what's happening in the evangelical community and watching celebrity Christian celebrity after Christian celebrity come out as a fake, phony, fraud, whatever. Yeah. And it's like so you can say what you want about this guy's theology, you know, maybe you differ with him on a say or another, but it you know, and Eugene Peterson you know, he had that phrase that long obedience in the same direction. Yeah. And that, that's what I want to have. And that's what's encapsulated in that book is more than your ascent to power. You need to be faithful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like, it was one of those things I read that, you know, before I had graduated college and, you know, I'm looking out of life. It's like, man, I would love to, you know, serve in a huge church, be on staff at a huge church and stuff like this. So I have all these resources. And I think it's like the second or third chapter. It's like, hey, if you want to serve at a big church, like if you want to be on staff at a big church, you're wrong. Like you should desire to serve the Lord. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. I, I don't want to read this book anymore. <laughs> like I was immediately wrecked by that. Um, and so, and it just, and it went from there of just like, there are so many other topics in it that like, it's just like, yeah, like our motivations here are not pure and like your motivation needs to be to serve faithfully before being before serving in a capacity to be praised uh yeah. and so um yeah yeah i would add i know i'm i'm already going to you're going to have to cut a lot of this out your no podcast, you're good but, I, I don't but, cut anything out you know if, if you if somebody reading if some, somebody you know your age whoever's listening to this christian biographies read read christian biographies and uh, Piper 
John Piper has that uh, the Swans Are Not Silent series. Yeah. That he gives like a like a, a quick bio of a bunch of preachers, uh, pastors, missionaries, you know, change agents throughout uh, church history. They're quick and easy to read. They're a little like, you know, to be one one of the books is already thin and they'll have like three or four guys in it. Yeah. And I always had a, I always uh, did a thing that if I, whenever I went on a mission trip, I would read a biography of a missionary while I was on a mission trip. Yeah. And, um, and that, you know, was super helpful. And you think about making sure that you're focused on what's really important, you know, read about somebody, somebody that lived in a different culture and a different time and different place mm. and uh, see their gospel stance. And that really kind of helps you step out of, you know, where you're at and see outside of, uh, just what you're dealing with on a day to day basis. Yeah. It's really. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's good. Um, do they, so do all these books pass the fall test? <laughs> yeah. The, all of the swans are not silent series. Uh, books do okay. pass the fall test easily. Okay. But now there is a, they do have collected all of those into one book that's called 21 servants of sovereign joy that does not pass the fall test. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah. You, you could drive across it and it wouldn't swallow. <laughs> okay. Uh, the fall test for those that are wondering is you set the book on the spine and if it just falls over and doesn't open up, then it passes the fall test, which means it's short enough and small enough to read. But if it does, if it falls open, then it does not pass the fall test. So, you know, um, anyway, so Seth, uh, you know, Man, do you have anything else that you want to plug or share or anything like that? Yeah, I'm supposed to say no right here, but I'm going to say yes. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're trying to wrap No, up. bro, you go ahead. I love it. Okay. Um, there's a podcast that's called Every Square Inch. Okay. By a Presbyterian and pastor out of uh, Lexington, actually. His name's Robert Cunningham. Okay. Podcast is called Every Square Inch, and Alec, I expect you to get off of this and go listen to this. I will. He has a five-part series on um, the deconversion of Rhett and Link. Oh, okay. okay. I, I know that happened a year ago or whatever. Maybe that seems like old news, and to some degree it is. But his commentary on on what took place there uh, from a cultural and biblical perspective is massively important for us to understand. Okay. So podcasting, you're in the podcast world. Podcast is called Every Square Inch, and he has five parts about uh, where I think he calls the deconstructing, the deconversion of Red Link, something like that. In fact, it's five parts. And it like, um, what he doesn't do what I love is that he's so kind and gracious and charitable towards Rhett and Link. Right. And he, and he get him. He's like, he understands how they, from their experience have gotten where they are. And he, what he doesn't do is just take all of their concerns and pick them apart and criticize them for being dumb. Yeah. You know, what he says is like, I just want you to see from a bigger picture what's happening here. Yeah. And, and he talks about the transcendentals, um, you know, that everybody's pursuit 
of truth, beauty, and goodness. This is what everybody is out here longing for, looking for, truth, beauty, and goodness. And, and how this is ultimately summed up in Christ. That is probably the strongest apologetic that anybody can, can have right now. And okay. more of us need to be equipped with the with this understanding of all of our need for truth, beauty, and goodness that people are trying to satisfy through yeah. other. But anyway, my last plug, now I am done. Uh, dude, that's I'm definitely gonna listen to that. So, uh, Good Mythical Morning is hosted by Rhett and Link, um, and it's an I mean a YouTube series that I'll watch for hours. They're just two creative yeah. guys that are great at what they do. Um, they were believers. They claimed to be believers at one point, and then last year around this time, released some podcasts talking about how they no longer believe and how they got to that point. And uh, and so it's super heartbreaking. Uh, I know Colton, John, and I walked kind of through that processing of it because the three of us were pretty big fans and like to hear them say that was heartbreaking um and so yeah. definitely will be listening to that um so but man because their, their story is not unique no you know I mean, it's not they, they just had the biggest platform to share their story from yeah and uh man this gives you some hope and uh, it's refreshing it's helpful it's practical everybody needs to listen to it yeah absolutely um well seth man thank you so much for being on this was awesome this is not what i expected at all i thought we were going to get into a bunch of different other topics but i love that this has gone the way that it has this has been awesome and uh and so you know uh to all you guys listening if you don't have summer plans consider giving crossings um the opportunity to like consider giving an opportunity to crossings to, to work for them and, and go through that process because man, it, it will change your life. Like, and then, and I will, let me, re- I want I don't want to overstep. It will change your life if you allow it because the Holy spirit is there. Um, and, and gospel is being preached and the kingdom is being advanced. And, uh, and so if you allow the change to happen, it will. Um, and so, uh, Man, uh, and you get you could work for an awesome guy like Seth, um, and so and JP. JP's gonna have to be on. We referenced him way too much, so uh, which is fine by me because I wanted to have him on anyways. So, uh, yeah. man, go ahead. JP's a lot more interesting and funny than me, and um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, it, I'm not. I don't. I don't necessarily agree. I think y'all are interesting in two completely different ways. He is funnier though. I, I will agree there. He is way funnier. Yeah, he is way funnier. So, but, uh, man, thank you to everyone that's listening, uh, and has, uh, listened to this episode. And uh, I hope that you guys will share it because Seth has dropped some major truth bombs that I think a lot of people need to hear. Um, so Seth, thank you for being on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm thankful for you. And I know you, you were a huge asset in your time here and you raised the bar for the caliber of folks that we want to have a part of this ministry and i appreciate your kind words and encouragement and uh yeah man blessings on your life and and, uh, your podcast man thank you seth i appreciate those words so anyways you guys uh thanks for listening and i will talk to you all next week see ya